Greetings, family. Welcome to today's meeting. We're going to be uh, saying the serenity prayer and reading a few daily reflections, 24-hour um, little one for November the 20th, little book, and some scripture, some Bible scripture, common sense stuff that I love. I love the word. Let's pray. God. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Amen. Okay, thy will, not mine, be done. When making specific requests, it will be well to add to each one of them this qualification. It fit be thy will, if it be thy will. 12 Steps and 12 Traditions, page 102. I ask simply that throughout the day, God placed in me the best understanding of his will that I can have for that day, and that I be given the grace by which I may carry it out. As the day goes on, I can pause when facing situations that must be met and decisions that must be made, and renew the simple request Thy will, not mine, be done. I must always keep in mind that in every situation I am responsible for the effort and God is responsible for the outcome. I can let go and let God by humbly repeating, Thy will, not mine, be done. Patience and persistence in seeking His will for me will free me from the pain of selfish expectations. And one of the, remember that God's will for us is common sense. That's the vehicle he's going to use to give us uh, when we're err, when we've got to go somewhere. He'll give us intelligence, wisdom, and, and it comes through our common sense, guys. Let's not try to uh, put voodoo in this and some kind of mystery thing. God is there. He's a, a very present help in trouble. And we just... Uh, See, right here where it says that I ask simply that throughout the day, God place in me the best understanding of his will. Now, I have to put myself in a position to receive that thing. That's what I'm doing right now. I, I got my feet on the grass. I got the sun in my back. And um, what I'm doing, I'm putting effort, like it says, effort. Right here, it says, I must always keep in my mind that in every situation, I am responsible for the effort. So this is the effort. You listening to here, you're putting effort. Uh, you're seeking uh, new words uh, for clarify the higher power that's, that's keeping the whole world alive. That is effort on our part. Now, I need to slow down and realize that God is speaking to us right now. I think that uh, we will intuitively know in situations that used to baffle us. Intuitively, it will come from deep down in our gut or from our consciousness from somewhere. If we place ourselves in a position to be heard or to listen. Amen. All right. That's all I'm getting right now from heaven above. Now I'm going to meet, read the little 24-hour book. Let's see what it entails for us today. If I can find it on my iPad here. The, the kids and everybody, the grandkids, 
got all their games loaded on here and one of the reasons uh, I don't do the podcast all the time because I'm missing it half the time and that's all right it's God's will huh <laughs> all right let me bring it up thank you so much for hanging in here with me let's pray the uh, seven step prayer okay God no it said my creator I am now willing that he should have all of me, good and bad. I pray that you now remove from me every single defect of character that stands in the way of my usefulness to you and my fellows. Grant me the strength as I go out from here to do your bidding. Amen. AA thought for the day. I no longer try to escape life through alcoholism. I no longer try to escape life through alcoholism. Drinking built up an unreal world for me and I tried to live in it. Drinking built up build up an unreal world for me and I try to live in it. But in the morning light, the real life was back again, and facing it was harder than ever, because I had less resources with which to meet it. Each attempt at escape weakened my personality by that very attempt. Everyone knows that alcohol by relaxing inhibitions permits a flight from reality. Alcohol dens the brain cells that proceed over our highest faculties and we are off to the unreal, unreal world of drunkenness. AA taught me not to run away but to face reality. Have I given up trying to escape life? Meditation for the day. In these times of quiet meditation, try more and more to set your hopes on the grace of God. Know that whatever the future may hold, it will hold more and more of good. Do not set all your hopes and desires on material things, where it is weariness in an abundance of things. Set your hopes on spiritual things so that you may grow spiritually. Learn to rely on God's power more and more and in the reliance you will have an insight into the greater value of the things of the spirit prayer for the day i pray that i may not be overwhelmed by material things i pray that i may realize the higher value of spiritual things amen and that is uh, acknowledging god like we said before what is your will for me today lord just sit there and wait Sometimes I waited for nine days and I took a pen and paper and, uh, and fasted with no food for nine days. That's all I can take, nine days. I was trying to for 14 or 21. But, you know, you get a lot of clarity, ideas, and, and, and clarification comes like crazy. And you just start writing down. Amen. That's a tool we can use. Let's go ahead and move over to uh, today's Kenny Copeland. See what he's got to say. Okay, thank you. Today's Daily Reflection by Kenny Copeland. Recalling God's mercy. 
scripture that we're using today is Lamentations chapter 3, verse 21 and 23. This I recall to my mind, therefore have I hope. It is the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassion fail not, they are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. This I recall to my mind. Again, therefore have I hope. Now this is a lamentation. Uh, the prophet is saying, I am recounting all this stuff. I recall to my mind. Therefore have I hope because I recall these things. It is of the Lord's mercies. It is that we are not consumed because of our wrong choices going the wrong way. That's why we're not confused. You know why we're not consumed? Because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. So in other words, if I keep pushing on the outside and keep pushing the envelope, and we all know we, we had exhausted it 350 times a day, uh, God's testing, testing it and testing it. And, and they won't finally... You know, we get our goal, and, and that starts to, to fall on us. And then we cry to God, and we say, Oh, I didn't mean it. I'm sorry. I want to come home. Here we go. Kenneth Copeland says, God is faithful. He's full of compassion. His mercies are new every morning. As a believer, you know, it all. You know all that. But simply knowing it is not enough. For it to do you any good, you have to recall it. You have to remember it again and again in order to rekindle your hope and stir your faith. So make it a point to remind yourself of God's faithfulness every morning. Remind yourself of the benefits that are yours in Jesus. Here are some of the benefits. Psalm 103 spells them out. One, he forgives all your sins. You should shout and praise Jesus for that one. I should too. I have. Give him praise and thanksgiving that we no longer have the guilt because of our sins. Two, Jesus heals all your diseases. If I look at him in the cross and see his blood and every time I get a cold I say, by his stripes I'm healed. I keep saying that. I keep saying it. I keep bombing heaven with that principle that by his stripes I'm healed. Guess what's going to happen? I'm going to get what I said. I'm going to act like I'm healed. I'm going to claim I'm healed. And I'm going to fight for my healing. He heals all my diseases. It is written. Of course, I'm not going to go back to the uh, testing, testing, one, two, three. Go drink uh, stuff that's not good for your body, like sugars and... and caffeine all day long okay number three he redeems your life from destruction he redeems us you know he keeps us mercifully from being destroyed how many close calls have i had how many hundreds of close calls it's his hand protecting us he redeems our life from destruction and to from going to hell to boot four he crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Okay, you. In other words, uh, I want justice, so it's going to offend me. But God says, hey, I'm crowning you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Forget that guy. You have just won the lottery. 
I give you loving kindness and tender mercies every day. You are crowned with it. Five, he satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. And in the Amplified Bible, it says that he gives us those things that are right for our age period, okay, for our generation. You know, if we're lucky, we'll have five generations, five, four, uh, uh, four generations, five generations. If it's 20 years, it'll be five generations. He satisfied a generation is a birth all the way up to 20 and have children. That's a generation. He satisfies our mouth with good things so that our youth is renewed like the eagles. He executes righteousness and judgment for your against oppression. He executes righteousness and judgment. There you go. For you against oppression. I got to do my part. I got to seek him, clap my hands, and remind him of his word. That's what we're doing now. Lord, you have set us free. We are not under bondage. Eight, he makes his known his way to you. He makes his will known to us. How cool is that? What is your will, Lord, for today? Nine, he gives you his grace and mercy in times of need. And we always need it. We're always sticking our heads in the wrong places. He gives us his grace and mercy in time to need. Well, we're going to go have some fun. Rejoice and be glad in the Lord. Make it a point every morning to say these things out loud to the Lord. Stand before him in prayer and recall his mercies to you. Keep it up and you'll be stronger in faith and more confident of God's love than you've ever been before. And with that, I'm going to take the opportunity to read Limitless Love for today. I haven't been reading the last few days, so i like to catch up. So I'll just start with today, which is the uh, 20th. Limitless Love says, okay... 22, 21, it says, eternal expression of God's love. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 12 to 13 and 15. says, therefore it shall come to pass, people, if you hearken, if you speak, if you hearken to these judgments and keep and do them, that the Lord thy God shall keep unto thee the covenant and the mercy which he swore unto thy fathers. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. And the Lord will take away from thee all sickness. Amen. Let me pronounce it over you. Wherefore it shall come to pass. As you're listening and seeking the Lord's judgments and you're keeping them and you're doing them. That the Lord your God shall keep unto you his agreement, his covenant, with mercy, which he swore unto our father Abraham. He will love you and bless you and multiply you. And the Lord will take away from you all sickness. In Jesus' name. What a cool deal. Amen. And this is Gloria. She goes on to say, If you believe... 
you'll simply can't separate the love of God from healing and prosperity. Through the scriptures from first to last, God makes it clear that it is his will to heal, prosper, protect, and deliver all his obedient people. We ought to meditate on that fact until in our thinking the blessing is so bound to God's love for us that no one can ever talk us out of it. We should have it so settled in our hearts that we simply laugh at the re old religious lies about God keeping us sick to teach us something or leaving us in poverty because he loves us. With all due respect to those who have been unwittingly deceiving by them, deceived, I must say to that, in the light of God's word, doctrines like that are just plain dumb. I can say that with compassion because I once believed them myself. I was raised in a church where they taught that miracles had passed away. Huh. I'll admit I wasn't a very good member, but I did attend sometimes. They taught me that God stopped healing when the last apostle died. I just assumed they were right because I didn't know any better. But now that I know what the Bible says, those ideas sound downright silly to me. Since God has always healed and worked miracles for his people, those things couldn't pass away without God undergoing a major change. We know that's not possible because the way through the Old Testament and the way through the ministry of Jesus and all the way through the book of Acts Because scripture says there's no shadow of turning. It doesn't change with him. He is always the same. God healed in all these books and all these actions. Can you imagine him just making this announcement one day? Tonight at midnight, healing passed away. Everyone better get another help plan because I'm going out of the healing business. I know I said I'm the God that healed thee in Exodus 15:26, but I decided I'm not going to be that kind of God anymore. That's ridiculous, isn't it? How could the God who has always healed, prospered, and blessed his people ever stop doing those things? He couldn't. He didn't. And he never will. The blessings is an internal expression of his unchanging love. And he, the blessing is an eternal expression of his unchanging blood. Uh, love. I, Fernando, I didn't believe in that because I was lazy to try and believe on it. Just like you. I was lazy and so I criticized it, right? Oh, they, so most of the people that criticize do not, don't want to do the hard work. Really, you think about it. If you read the scriptures and claim the promises and clap your hands and believe, try to believe, uh, people get results and then they become more believers. All right, I'm going to be reading uh, chapter 15 of John. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit for without me you can do nothing 
If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruits, so you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you, and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. That's what I'm saying. You guys are my friends. I, Friday night, I try most of the time to switch on the book of John on YouTube and watch at least all the way till Lazarus wakes up. And then in the morning, I start the rest and and concentrate stop it rewind it ask questions i using my prayers i don't understand god i don't understand i need to understand like chapter 15 so something that you don't understand just ask and and that is seeking that's the principle asking is the principle of seeking and relax it's nice that we read uh john 15 because it goes on with the first reading thy will not mine be done God's will will come if we settle our hearts and be still and know that he is God and relax. Relax is meditating. Relaxing is waiting on his will. Relaxing has uh, strength in it. If you're, if you're confused, you need to relax and put your feet on the grass. Take some deep breaths and just wait upon the Lord. So that's what I do. Thank you so much for coming in here and listening. I love you. I do this work because I love you. He says, love one another and do this. Get on my knees. I pray for you. I pray that uh, God's message speaks through me. That's what my prayer is, that he is the one that's telling you that he's standing right there ready to help you with mercy and loving kindness, your crowning righteousness. Thank you, guys. Give them heaven. Have a great day. A Grapevine, September 1972. Once over lightly. Sense and nonsense on the road to recovery. These are articles sent in by people around the world to for AA publishing as humor. Let's see. First article says Family Affairs Department. The introduction of AA into a family often has some interesting sidelights. To wit, consider the lady who wished to remain anonymous even to her offspring. Instead of laying it out straight for the little ones, she used the excuse that she was going out to play cards. 
She went to a lot of meetings, and night after night, she departed, saying gaily, happily, Well, I'm off to my card game. After some months, her eight-year-old blurted out as she left, Is that all you do at AA meetings, Mom? Play cards? Ha, 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 play cards. Did you get it? Uh, be a conniver. <clears throat> Truth be told, if another family, in another family, the message of AA struck home, this time it was to the five-year-old daughter who was taunted unmercifully about her thumb-sucking. She wailed that she wanted to quit but couldn't. Finally, at dinner one night, her 10-year-old sister asked, Amy, do you really want to do something about your thumb-sucking? Little Amy allowed as how she did. Well, said the older one, all you have to do is not suck your thumb today. Tomorrow will worry about tomorrow, but just for today, don't suck your thumb. And so the 10-year-old sponsored Amy to the first organized meetings of TSA. The little Amy put a week of 24s together. She was proud of a powder pigeon and glow when she reported that she hadn't sucked her thumb today. However, one gloomy morning, she arrived at Daddy's bedside in tears, racked with sobs. Amy managed to wail, Daddy! Does it sound as a slip if I suck my thumb in my sleep? <laughs> Daddy, does it count as a slip if I suck my thumb in my sleep? It's like uh, having uh, drunk dreams. Nope, doesn't count. We all have them. Drunk meters everywhere, department. They seem to be putting meters all over the place. And sometimes it's the officer that can say you're drunk right off. That's the meter enough. All right, all right, let's go ahead and move on. Let's, let's get a real article, some real recovery here. From our 1972 uh, this one's called Survival. It says right here, uh, with the cooperation of prison authorities and the help of a dedicated outside sponsors, the Beacon Group goes on. Prisons are probably second only to the armed forces and hospitals as rumor f- factories. I was glad that you wrote when the rumor reached you about no outside communications. I think it is splendid testimonial of our group program that AA is, as far as I know, the only outside group which has been allowed access to Attica since the riots. Yes, AA meetings are being held in Attica now, prison. The survival of the Beacon Group is one of the few bright spots of the horrible week. The regular meeting was held September 8 and ended just 18 hours before the prison dropped off. In October, it was still physically impossible for us to get into the place. 
In November the 10th, to be exact, the group's outside sponsor and some other men were able to go in and meet with the few remaining members of the group. Since that time, the Attica Beacon Group has met weekly in the prison. And those of us from the outside have come in on the second week Wednesday afternoon of the month, usually with a speaker. In addition, there was a Christmas party, December 22nd, attended by over 25 men from outside. The prisoners served a nice luncheon provided by the Department of Correction, and we had a fine time. On April 26th, we celebrated the 25th anniversary of the group, which must be one of the older prison groups in the country. There were 22 inmates, AAs, and 27 AAs from outside, and it was quite impressive. Ernest Elm, M is a new warden, and he is a real friend of AA. He has arranged for coffee for the meeting, sometimes which was not allowed, even before the tragic events of September. Of course, the very heavy damage suffered by the prison and the terrible loss of life have combined to make the meeting and the operation of the group more difficult. Both, both Warden Mascunzi, who left February 28th, and Warden M., have been most cooperative. The meeting rooms, the office equipment, the mimograph, all the records of the files in the mailing list were destroyed when the chapel was completely burned out. For the present, we are meeting in the mess hall, which is not too cozy, but then Attica has never been what I call a cozy place. The various groups of the Niagara Frontier, including the Niagara Falls, Hamilton, Ontario, Rochester, and even Syracuse area, plus some Individuals contributed close to $2,000 for the Attica Group to spend on new equipment and supplies. Many of us have given files of the grapevine as well as assorted books and literature. We don't think this is a violation of the seven traditions since in most respect it just wasn't possible for the Beacon Group to do much for itself. These men lost everything, most of them all their personal possessions, even eyeglasses and dentures in some cases. The prison, being all stone, concrete, and sealed, didn't burn, but just about everything in cell blocks B and D did. It is heartening now, however, to see the group beginning to function on its own. Instead of the previous large group of 75 out of more than 2,000, there is a regular group and a beginning group. They must they meet separately except on the second Wednesday when five or six, sometimes more, outside AAs come, including a speaker who leads off the meeting. Discussion then follows the men in the group are making their own arrangements for the few leaving on parole. They, they are making a particular effort to ensure that, that only alcoholics who mean business are allowed to come to the meeting. The outside sponsor is very modest, but I can tell you that it was probably he who, by getting right on the prison administration and on the various outside groups, was able to keep the Beacon Group alive. Western New York is conservative country, and it wasn't always easy to enlist outside support. On the other hand, I must say that every group I had contact with responded very cheerfully and without malice to the request for their brother's AA. DK East in Aurora, New York. Thank you very much.